Welcome to the Gather Houston podcast. We are a Christian community practicing the way of Jesus in all parts of life and for the good of all people. Thank you for joining us today. Well, Gather, before I get into this, I just want to acknowledge I have been a little bit sick this week. If you watch consistently, you can probably tell that I'm a little bit sick. So I just thought I'd get that out of the way. Uh, I don't have COVID, so that's amazing. We went and got tested as soon as uh, we got uh, all this gunk. Uh, and we're all negative. Ellis started, my son Ellis is about to turn two, and he started daycare uh, last week, and every kid in his daycare class has a runny nose. So I think we just have the uh, the daycare junk. But uh, I don't have COVID, but I am a little sick. So uh, just in case you were wondering. Uh, we're continuing our conversation on rest today. So we started this last week. And uh, last week, I made a commitment to you about this conversation on rest. So I thought I would just recommit to you today. Uh, so two things that I want to promise you first is this is a shame-free conversation. I'm not going to make you feel bad about not resting. Uh, I know most of us aren't that good at resting. Uh, I'm not that good at resting. Honestly, uh, being sick this week while I was supposed to prepare a sermon on rest uh, was like a, a cruel joke from God uh, that I maybe needed to take some rest. Uh, but I'm not going to make you feel bad about rest. I'm not going to give you like 800 things to do this week. There's not going to be a long to-do list. Uh, shame-free conversation. And then uh, I'm not going to, I'm going to do my best to not over-spiritualize rest. So if you've ever been just exhausted and weary uh, mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually, and then you've had a religious leader say to you, have you tried reading your Bible more? Uh, you know that that's not a great answer. It's actually called, uh, there's a word for it. It's called spiritual bypassing. When we come with a real issue, we come with a real problem, and then what we receive back is kind of a religious cliche. And so I'm going to do my best to not over-spiritualize this. Uh, so no shame, no spiritual bypassing, just a simple conversation about rest uh, that even for me today, I'm struggling with. So I'm, I'm with you today. I, I think most of us uh, would say that we are too busy to rest, that we have too much going on, that we're just, uh, that the calendar's too full, that we're just too busy to rest. I am too busy to rest. But I want to propose something different to you today because I don't think most of us are too busy to rest. I'm, I'm not too busy to rest. I don't think most of us are too busy to rest. What I think is true is that I think we're too tired to rest. Now, I know that may sound counterintuitive, but maybe you could just um, maybe you could just imagine for me what a 2014 study calls bedtime procrastination. Maybe just when I say that phrase, bedtime procrastination, you know exactly what I mean. But there was actually a study about it, and they define it as failing to go to bed at the intended time while no external circumstances prevent a person from doing so. You know this feeling where uh, you're really tired, you're exhausted, and you wanted to go to bed early. You should go to bed early, but the idea of getting from the couch to the bed is too overwhelming. So instead, you just like watch Netflix trailers for an hour and scroll your phone over and over and over and over again. And in this 2014 study, not surprisingly, it, it said that bedtime procrastination led to worse sleep, led to sleep deprivation, which led to more bedtime procrastination. It's just a, a cycle. And I think many of us are in this too tired to rest cycle. And maybe you've had a baby recently and you've learned that babies can get overtired. That was a phrase I didn't know before. But if a baby gets overtired, then they actually don't go to sleep. 
which seems, again, counterintuitive. But it turns out that babies are humans just like us, and we get overtired. We get so tired that we can't rest. And I don't think any of us are like against rest. I don't think anyone has like an anti-rest agenda or anything like that. I think most of us are just too tired to rest. And so today I want to have a conversation about embracing rest as a way of life. Not, not thinking of rest as an individual uh, task on a to-do list or kind of a, something we do over a long weekend, once a quarter, but embracing rest as a way of life. Last week, uh, we talked about God creating humanity to rest, that in Genesis chapter 2, it says that God rested Adam in the garden, that from the beginning of the creation narrative, God creates us to rest. We are made to rest. We are our true selves when we are rested. And then in Exodus 20, when God gives the Ten Commandments, he tells his people in Exodus 20, verse 8, he tells them, take one day of of the week, take a Sabbath, make it holy to the Lord, take one day of the week, and don't work. Rest. And God is setting up, in Exodus 20, God is setting up his guidelines. He's setting up principles for for his holy people, for this new community, for his society. He's setting up these guidelines. And he tells them, like, don't murder, take care of your mom, don't cheat on your partner, and also make sure you take off work one day a week. We, We hardly ever prioritize our rest that high, but God puts it at the very top of the list. So God creates us to rest in Genesis And then in Exodus, he commands his people to rest. And God institutes this weekly rhythm of rest in Exodus 20. It's a weekly rhythm. You got to do it one day of the week, every single week. There's no weeks off every single week, over and over and over again. And I'm just guessing that for some of those people, some of the Israelites over time, that sometimes they weren't that tired on a Saturday morning. That maybe they just had a light week. They didn't have that much going on. And they weren't really needing rest. But it didn't matter because God had implemented a rhythm to the rest, a lifestyle of rest, that you rested regardless of your level of exhaustion. Rest was a part, a way of life. It was a part of the rhythm. It doesn't matter how tired you are when you get to the end of the week. You just rest anyway. And sometimes we miss it, but uh, Jesus talks about rest all the time. In the Gospels, uh, the the Gospel writers uh, give account of Jesus resting or calling his disciples to rest over and over again. And I told you last week that the way of Jesus is the way of rest. I love the way that Mark chapter 6 tells this story about Jesus resting and calling his disciples to rest because it's kind of mixed in the story about Jesus doing these amazing things. So in Mark 6 verse 30, it says, The apostles gathered around Jesus and reported to him all they had done and taught. Then because so many people were coming and going that they did not even have a chance to eat, Jesus said to them, Come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. So the disciples come to Jesus. They're fired up about the ministry of Jesus. Everything is going well. There's a lot of momentum. And Jesus says, let's stop the momentum right here and let's rest. He prioritizes rest. 
And then in verse 32, it says, So they went away by themselves in a boat to a solitary place. But many who saw them leaving recognized them and ran on foot from all the towns and got there ahead of them. So the disciples and Jesus, uh, they leave on a boat, says they're in a solitary place. They, they probably get some rest. Uh, but the crowds from these towns, they saw them and they rushed ahead to where they were going. And so the plan is thwarted a little bit. And then this is the story. We're not going to read it. But this is the story where Jesus feeds the multitudes, thousands of people with just uh, a few loaves of bread and a couple of fish. And then in verse 45, it says, Immediately Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go ahead of him to Bethesda while he dismissed the crowd. After leaving them, he went up on a mountainside to pray. Okay, so let's, let's talk about this for just a second. So Jesus, uh, first his disciples come to him. They're excited. Everything's going well in the ministry. And Jesus says, yeah, let's pause right here. I know there's a lot of momentum. I know this is great. I know you probably don't want to stop because everything is going so great. We're going to take a rest regardless of your level of exhaustion. Pretty amazing. And then they get a little bit of rest, but there's a crowd of people and Jesus feeds them. And then at the end of the story, in verse 45, Jesus dismisses the crowd and goes off by himself. So first, it's like, let's rest regardless of how we're feeling, regardless of how much momentum our work has. Let's take a rest. And then there's this crowd, and Jesus dismisses them. And the work that Jesus is doing is incredibly important and uh, really urgent. Like there were people bringing Jesus their sick family members. There was parents bringing Jesus their sick and dying children. And Jesus dismisses the crowd and says, I got to take a break. So in, in Exodus 20, there's this uh, implementation of rest coming every week, this lifestyle of rest regardless uh, of uh, your level of exhaustion. And Jesus echoes that at the beginning of Mark chapter 6. And then Jesus rests no matter the importance of the work in front of him. So the work is really important. The work is urgent, but he rests anyway. Jesus took a break, and the work was still really important. Right? Embracing a lifestyle of rest means our rest isn't dependent on our level of exhaustion or the weight of our responsibilities. Right? I'm going to say it again. A lifestyle of rest means our rest isn't dependent on our level of exhaustion or the weight of our responsibilities. It means that we rest no matter how tired we are. We just build it in. We're a people who rest. We're a people who rest. We're a people who rest. And we don't let uh, the, the weight of our burdens, the weight of our responsibilities, the urgency of our work keep us from resting. We rest Anyway, rest asks for a consistent rhythm. We need a routine because inevitably we'll end up too tired to rest or we'll convince ourselves that the work in front of us is more important than the work within us. And I know this is a hard idea to implement, right? I get it. A lifestyle of rest. And it's especially hard when you're exhausted. So in uh, about February of 2020, I was at really the lowest point of my mental health journey. I didn't know it at the time, but that was a really inconvenient time in the world to be uh, at the lowest point in my mental health journey. Uh, but I was consistently struggling with anxiety. Uh, I would say I was um, functionally depressed. And um, 
I was really irritable. I was kind of angry. I was a little mean. And I was like five seconds at any point from just being uh, going just totally over over the edge, just being emotionally overwhelmed. Right? I was just kind of at the very edge of what I could handle all the time. And so I met with my counselor and uh, I told him all of that. I told him I was struggling. I was overwhelmed. I told, I told him all that. And his first question to me was, um, how, how is your sleep? And uh, Ellis was about five months old, and uh, neither Katie or I had gotten more than like three or four hours of sleep in a row for five months in a row. And so I told him, well, my sleep's like super bad. <laughs> it's super bad. And, um, and so he said two things. He said, first of all, uh, you're going to be okay. You're going to be okay, which I really needed. And he said, second, you have to go sleep. You have to right now go make a plan to figure out how to get some sleep. And he said, don't, don't worry about seeing me more often right now. Don't be overly concerned about whether or not you need to be medicated. Don't worry about that right now. Don't worry about anything else right now. You have one objective. Go get some rest. It's, it's good advice, right? It felt, it felt like good. I remember thinking, that sounds like, like uh, that's fair advice. But you know what I asked him? So it seemed like fair advice. But I looked back at him and I said, yeah, um, is there any other way that I could feel better? Because at the time, it felt impossible. It seemed impossible that I could get consistent sleep. It seemed impossible that I could set down what felt like urgent responsibilities to sleep. And I had struggled to find and embrace a real lifestyle of rest because I was too tired to imagine ever being able to rest. And I felt like my responsibilities were so important, so burdensome, that I would never ask for rest. Now, eventually I did rest and I did, uh, my mental health did improve. But rest requires a rhythm, a consistency, because inevitably, we will get too tired to rest. We will get to a place where it seems totally impossible to get the rest we need. Inevitably, we will see the urgency of the work in front of us, the urgency of the, the responsibilities in front of us, and we will convince ourselves that the work around us is more important than the work within us. So for you, if you were going to evaluate, are you too tired to rest? Are you too tired to rest? Are you overwhelmed? Do you feel like your responsibilities are too heavy, too urgent for you to rest? And for you, what would a lifestyle of rest look like? A rhythm of rest, a routine of rest. Right? How, how could you start to rest before you're exhausted, before you're all the way on empty. Right, what, what, what's it going to take for you to prioritize rest? And as a note, you, you may not want to rest, like want to rest. Rest is a discipline. And so it may take uh, doing things like putting it in your calendar. You, you may need to set it up as a discipline in your life. And I get if this feels overwhelming to you, it has felt overwhelming to me. I get it. 
So maybe you could just start small. Maybe you need to quit some things in your life. This is a practice, uh, a now famous practice of, uh, of the author and speaker and activist uh, Bob Goff. He said that he quit something every Thursday. He quit things like his job. He quit being on boards. He quit volunteering gigs, all kinds of things. He just quit something every Thursday. He just evaluated everything he was doing in his life, and he quit something. And he said he quit something until his life got so simple that he enjoyed it. You just quit something. Maybe you need to quit something. Or maybe you need to start saying no to some things. So maybe you're not quite ready to reprioritize what's already in your life. But what you could do is not allow so many new things to get in. That you could intentionally say, I'm going to take a moment before I say yes. I'm going to say no to a few things that come at me this week. I can't say yes to everything. That, maybe that would be your first step towards a lifestyle of rest. Or maybe, how about this? Could you never again humble brag about how busy you are? You know that half complaint, half brag kind of way so many of us say, well, I'm really busy. What if you just stopped wearing your busyness as a badge of honor? Maybe that would just help you. Say, I'm going to take a little half step towards a lifestyle of rest by just never bragging about how full my calendar is. Right? It's not a badge of honor. It's not that honorable to be, to be really busy. Right? If, we're, if we're going to ever really rest, if we're going to get the rest we need, if we're going to be the rested people that God created us and commanded us to be, then we'll have to embrace rest as a way of life. Right? Rest requires a rhythm a routine that isn't dependent on our level of exhaustion or the weight of our responsibilities. Uh, my friend Scott Erickson, uh, who many of you know, uh, Scott the Painter, uh, he has an amazing show he does called Say Yes, A Liturgy of Not Giving Up on Yourself. It's a, it's a show about mental health. It's a show about su suicide. It's a show about uh, religious expression. It, it's a really wonderful, uh, a, a wonderful thing he does. And in this show, he says this, he says, dying comes on a spectrum. You can binge watch something every night to distract yourself from the conversation you need to have. You can open a bottle or you can tap your phone endlessly to numb the pain that's calling your name. And yeah, you can go all the way to the end and decide you don't even want to be here anymore. And you may not be at the very end of the spectrum, but we have all found ourselves at some point on the spectrum of dying. Listen, rest isn't just a way of life. Rest is a way to life. The invitation of rest is the invitation to come fully alive. And sometimes what we think we're doing is resting, but what we're actually doing is just practicing some disassociative and numbing behaviors. Rest is the way to life. We don't just rest because we're exhausted and we don't just rest because we have an open space in our calendar, nothing on the to-do list. We rest because rest brings us to life. Rest brings us to who we're created to be. Rest brings us to our true selves. The invitation to rest is the invitation to finally and fully come alive. If death comes on a spectrum, then life does too. And so the question today, the invitation today, is for you to rest and to consider whether you are fully alive. 
Because rest isn't just unplugging. Rest isn't just solitude. Rest is all those things that bring you to life. Rest is laughter with your friends. Rest is a bedtime routine that finally goes according to plan. Rest is being honest and vulnerable with someone who loves you. Rest is looking real people in the eyes over a shared meal. Rest is those tiny social interactions that bring you joy. Rest is all the things that bring you to life. So I'm not hoping that after two weeks, after like 45 minutes of a conversation on rest, I'm not hoping that you take an extra day off work every other month. That's not what I'm hoping for you. I'm hoping that you get to be a little bit more alive. I'm hoping that you'll be a little bit more of your true self, that you'll embrace a life of rest, that you'll say no when you need to, that you'll quit some things, that yeah, you'll take the solitude and you'll unplug, but you'll do all the things that bring you to life. I'm hoping that you'll come alive, fully alive. And so gather, this is my prayer for you today. May you have life and have it to the full. Embrace rest as a way of life and as the way to life. Be who you are made to be and come alive. Amen. Thanks for listening. If you're interested in Gather, check out our website at gatherhouston.org or visit us on Sunday at 10 a.m.